Well, hello, everybody. I'm Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins. And this is The Dale and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Oh, hello and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you, Emerson Collins. I'll pretend I haven't seen you all day. I know. We've been working away on secret things. We can't pretend like we haven't been busy. I mean, I don't know about you, but it feels like life is life again. I have more things to do than I can get done in a day. Oh, I mean, it's what, what is that saying? I'm just as busy, busier than a what, guys? What? There's all these busier than a, a, a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. Yeah, or a one-armed paper hanger or something. Oh, oh that was good. That was good. I don't think that was, I don't think that was quite it. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you missed us on Friday. We have a big full show, Daddy's Day, SCOTUS Decisions, Department of Justice and Anti-Trans Laws, out in the NFL, out in Drag Race, Sesame Street, an Olympic runner, LGBTQ protection state ranks, the Pride House, Cracker Barrel, international updates, homophobic handwriting, and more. I, I admire the way you breathe through all of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you look. I am winded, long-winded. I may be tiny, but I've got lungs. It's like a singer taking those deep, from the diaphragm, from the That's diaphragm, right. Emerson. Breathe deep, your stomach should expand out as your diaphragm pushes down to make room. So, well, yeah, let's talk a little bit. I mean, you, I, I left Texas and then you left California and went to Texas. What, That's right. Texas may be big, but it wasn't big enough for both of us. Oh. Um, <laughs> I did go. It was my first time to go home since Christmas of 2019. It was definitely the longest time in my entire life that I have gone without seeing my parents. So I went home for Father's Day and I will show y'all. Um, I told my dad, that we could do whatever he wanted while we were there. Look at us. Isn't that just precious? What a, an attractive family. You know, those jeans are good. But we, I mean, we packed in the activities. I got there on Wednesday and we went bowling. I got, we got up Thursday morning and my dad and I went to the aquarium. We had breakfast. We, he took me on a tour of the cemeteries of Dallas to show me where my ancestors are buried. Well, that's just dark. <laughs> I mean, it's dark, but it's also hilarious. I feel like I've told them the show before, but if not, the quick version. There's incest in my family tree, and I find it hilarious. Well, it's my great-great-grandparents were first cousins. Their mothers were sisters. Y'all, there's a place where my family tree forks and then goes back together. It's not supposed to do that. Well, in certain states, it does. Well, but not only that, they were in Kentucky. And one of the mothers, right, the sisters, did not want them to get married. And the other one did. So she took them to Texas so they could get married. We moved to Texas to do incest. And that seems backwards. Oh, well, look at Texas embracing that first cousin thing. I, I think I told you, because we had a conversation about this before, that I grew up, when I grew up in, in Zapata, Texas, I, I knew some people who were the uh, kids of first cousins. And Let's they were very smart. I uh -huh. just that. Well, I was curious and I looked it up and there's actually only a 7% e increase in the likelihood of birth defects. The way people talk about it, you'd think it was like 120%. I always assumed you were coming to come out with like three arms or, you know, a head and a half. Well, you know, the Royals, I mean, that's uh, according to Juanita, that's one mm -hmm. of the problems. It's that's uh, right. falling Incense apart. The best. The, um, you don't got to go on Tinder when you could just go to a family reunion. <laughs> 
So we did the cemetery tour and I came away with chiggers. Oh I no. Got 20 chigger bites on my ankles. They're gone now. But oh my gosh. Oh, I remember chiggers when I was a kid. They sometimes got on your private parts and ooh, that was I, I have three up near my groin, but not in my testicular area. Oh so goodness, I remember. That just gave me sense memory so that I don't know. Itches, I know. Well, fortunately, at this phase of my life, I know it's not an STD. And then we got. Well, I want to know: Did you cry when you hugged your family? I mean, was it emotional? Seriously, it was emotional, but I didn't cry. You know, we've talked on Facetime and stuff so much, but just the like physical presence of holding them, you know, was nice, and that's since memory, and you miss that. I, you certainly do. Was, uh, Friday, we went to Fort Worth. We watched them herd the Longhorns into the stockyard. Went to the botanical garden gardens. Had a steak lunch. Hmm. Was, it, tender, was that steak tender? Uh-huh, it sure was. But eating a steak at 11.45 in the morning is a little heavy. Uh, <laughs> so anything that you eat before midnight is heavy. And then we did, okay, do y'all know those olden-timey pictures you can take at, like, theme parks? You know, yeah. where you put the clothes on over your clothes, like the back is blown out, so you can just tie them, and it looks like you're wearing clothes. But, well, we did that 20 years ago at Astroworld in Houston, and my dad wanted us to do it again. So me and my brother gamely dressed up and here are the results. This one on the left, I have to be like 15 or 16. And this one on the right, y'all, we did scene work. The woman said, will you put you in these clothes? And my dad said, oh no, no, I wanna be a banker and y'all are gonna be sticking me up. He had a scenario ready, like we were in acting class. And then, like good old Texans, y'all had those guns. Uh -huh. I love Larry Collins that he is so, uh, like he has fun. Yes, we did activities. And the woman that ran the photo play said, oh, y'all are good. Usually people just sort of stand there. Do you mind if I print an extra one and put it on the front door as an advertisement? And I said, well, you'll have to contact my representatives, but I think that will be fine. I, I'm a little disappointed there wasn't a bonnet. Uh, well, you know, I was tempted to ask for the hoop skirt and corset, but I just thought that might be a bridge too far. But a sweet little girl at the Texas Cowboy Museum in Fort Worth. Dad, dad's dad's uh, joy. I got a, my light just fell. Uh, just, just, it just went. There I am. I'm litigating. Look at you. Oh, spotlight. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm having some technical issues here. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Here we go. Oh uh, no, 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 no. Not the bonnet. Not the bonnet and the hoop skirt. Uh, like, and how was your weekend? How was your Father's Day, Father? It was good. I, you know, I love, I love my girls so much. And one of my favorite things is that what they write about me. It's always so sweet. And and um, you know, you get you get emotional knowing how they feel. And uh, so, and then I got to see Rebecca. Uh, we, we, uh, I should have given you a picture to show us, but we, we, we go to my Instagram, they're there. And, uh, or Rebecca's. We, um, we had a great time over at Rosemary and Knowles and had some food and just uh, talked and jawed and commiserated. Laughed till sun up. And I got, uh, I'll show you. Um, Rosemary and Knowles gave me this, which I just love this, that this picture of, and I don't think I'd seen this. Oh, it's a cast of me. Yes, cast of, of uh, Trailer Trash Housewife. I love that. So, um, so yeah, that it was good. And my daughter Caroline's coming in in a few weeks after my surgery, and we're all going to go out to dinner to celebrate Father's Day again. So that 
That was that, oh, 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 and something crazy happened on Father's what? Day. What? Well, I taught on Father's Day, and you know, I, I wish I could turn this around, but I'm scared I'm going to unplug. But there's a balcony right outside this hotel, and I'm uh, just, you know, just teaching, just, you know, just sharing all the secrets of acting. And uh -huh. all of a sudden, things start flying onto my balcony. And oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. First, it was just a half empty uh, Gatorade. And then it was uh, some sunscreen, which I kept. And then it was a black toothbrush. And, th and it was a quarter. And then then the next morning, uh, it was a black American Express card. Oh, I'd have kept that. Go shopping. Shakira's. I don't, not that Shakira. I think it was a different Shakira. I think some boy, I think they were having a fight. And he was like, just going through her purse and just throwing shit. I just, uh, oh, I good. Just, I like in your story that the black Amex is hers because, yes, it was hers. I got the rest of the story today. She picked it up down at, at, at she was in fi 535. Uh, she picked it up. Did she say what was happening? No, no, I did. I asked, I asked the desk clerk, I said, Did you dig? Did you dig a little bit to find out? I said, Because I think there was a fight going on. She goes, I think so too. So we were we were commiserating, but uh, yeah, she got her she got Shakira got her Black American Express card back. But I thought about just like you know booking some trips. I'm gonna imagine it's the actual Shakira whose hips don't lie was upstairs at your hotel having a fight with somebody. Would that be something if it were if it had been Shakira. Yes. Oh, I mean, it's not a name you hear often. I mean, not in my life. There's only the one. So anyway, I had a sweet Father's Day and then a scandalous Father's Day. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. Whether you're watching us live now on YouTube or Facebook, please share the broadcast. If you're listening back later to the podcast version, we appreciate you. And I will kick it off with big news that happened last week. We've talked for quite some time about the SCOTUS case uh, Fulton versus the city of Philadelphia about the Catholic social services discriminating as an adoption agency against same-sex parents. And unfortunately, terribly, that decision came in 9-0 in favor of the Catholics' bigotry. Our liberal justices joined John Roberts in a narrower framing specifically about this case having other exemptions. The decision says the city's violating the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. It said, Catholic Social Services seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else, except the LGBTQ parents showing up, but I digress. Now, this decision, combined with that Masterpiece Cake Shop decision, creates now a very sort of clear carve-out from protections for LGBTQ people for religious objections. That their exemption is now definitely sort of superseding ordinances for our protection. And it will likely open the door for other legal challenges go in the future uh, to LGBTQ protections based on religious exemptions that will force SCOTUS to address it again. It's really bad. It could have been worse. They could have made a sweeping, sweeping decision, but uh, frustrating and difficult uh, to see them say no, that they're made up beliefs about nonsense in the sky is more important than our people being treated equally in our civil culture. So I guess our lesson is go elsewhere. Well, unfortunately, there are obviously other services uh, that provide that, but it's the principle. Oh, no, I agree. I'm not saying oh, no. that it's 
Right. I know you do. Go elsewhere. Yeah. I have to take a quick little break because I think one of my dogs is going through the trash. Oh my God. Okay, I'll start yours. Um, this next story is very serious. Uh, out of this weekend. Oh, look, you can look at that empty room. Oh, you're back. Okay. Oh, oh, so yeah, this, you know, and th this was, it, 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 it hurt my heart because I love Wilton Manors. Uh, Emerson and I have done lots of shows there and uh, we have a, a wonderful group of, of uh, friends there. And this weekend uh, at their pride parade, a truck drove into a crowd at the Fort Lauderdale's, uh, a, a crowd of the Fort Lauderdale's men's course, and it killed one of their members and seriously injured another. Um, at first, they were there was speculation that it was a hate crime, but it was actually uh, confirmed by the president of the 25 uh, member course that the 77 year old driver was actually one of their own members, and uh, he, he the course has been performing for over 30 years in their website. Uh, now says we are deeply saddened by the tragic death and in injuries that uh, occurred as a result of the unfortunate accident at the start of the Stonewall Pride Parade. As the Course family mourns together, we thank the community for their love and understanding. It seems that he went to hit the br the, the brake and he accelerated, and it was just a freak accident. And he, you know, he was an elderly man that that lost control of his car and. Um, there was tragedy. So uh, if you want to donate uh, to the Fort uh, Lauderdale's uh, men's course, there's the, there's the information for you. But we just send our condolences and, and, and are sad uh, that this uh, tragedy happened at, at a, a, a great event, that finally Pride is back and then this happened. And to, for those of you listening, it's www.fortlauderdalegaymenschorus.org. And yes, they've been very important in our life. We've done so much there in the community and thinking of this small 25 member chorus uh, and the, the tragedy on both ends of it and for him, uh, he doesn't walk well, they said, and that's why he was driving. And so, so much love to the community there as they heal uh, from a tragedy. Yes, sending it. Yes, Ken, the victims uh, were members of the choir as well. So much love to you in Fort Lauderdale and Wilton Manors. Continuing on in our legal brief, some good news after the sort of frustrating um, brief that was filed in the REAP case that we've been talking about, Biden, the Biden administration has weighed in strongly against anti-trans laws. They filed two legal briefs to declare the genres of anti-trans laws we've been talking about unconstitutional. They filed one opposing Arkansas's ban on gender-affirming health care for trans youth, saying a state law that specifically denies a limited class of people the ability to receive medically necessary care from their healthcare providers solely on the basis of their sex assigned at birth violates the Equal Protection Clause. These restrictions explicitly target transgender people. And then the Department of Justice and Education filed a joint brief in opposition to West Virginia's ban on trans girls in school sports, saying it's illegal under Title IX and the Constitution. Now, both briefs argue trans people are historically oppressed minorities and the courts in both situations should be suspicious of laws that single them out for unfair treatment. Now, since these are the two biggest areas of attack that we've been talking about, right? In so many states, it's either trans youth in sports or access to healthcare. Uh, it's huge and important. The administration is weighing in strongly against them and hopefully that will influence the judges in those two cases, which will have repercussions as they bring ACLU and various organizations 
bring them against all of these laws as they are passed. So a big win uh, in genuine real world support from the administration after the frustration of uh, the REAP brief. So good. Progress. Good, good. Continuing, uh, uh, for the most part, we see the Biden administration continues to have our back. Yeah, which, standing up. Uh, so different for us. Um, well, now, just yesterday, and I don't know about you, Emerson, but I got so many texts of rejoicing and yes. so many Instagram messages. I think I got more about this story than I have on any story in a really long time. But well, I, I think I got a lot on this story because people think I might not have noticed. I, 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 what, that was what I was like. Do you really think I didn't hear about this? But thank you. If you sent me, thank you, because we always want these stories. And uh, Carl uh, Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders became the first active NFL player in history to announce that he's gay. In a casual Instagram video, he said, what's up, people? I'm at my house in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while, but uh, now uh, finally feel comfortable getting it off my chest. I really have the best life, the best family, friends, and a job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are not necessary. But until then, I will do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting and compassionate. And I'm gonna start by donating $100,000 to one of our favorite charities, the Trevor Project. That's an incredible organization. Uh, they're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ plus youth in America. They're truly doing incredible things, he says. I'm very excited to be a part of it and to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. 15 players, y'all, have come out after playing. And we all know that Michael Sam, who was out after being drafted, but he never uh, made the roster. So um, there you go. Huge, huge sports ball news. Yep. And as Ken said, the NFL this today, just this afternoon, announced that they are going to match his donation to the Trevor Project, 100000 Now, let's be honest. The NFL could afford to do like 10 times his donation, but it's a gesture of support from the national organization and i think that's huge and it's a lot of money for the trevor project uh they they, they work really hard to raise those funds and they, they are the i trevorproject.org you can go find them uh, and yeah. donate yourself and i was thinking about you know how huge this really is right that he's in the middle of a successful career it's not on the way out it's not stopping his career his team tweeted in support of him it was clear that he that the team knew about it, the other players knew about it, him going into this. He said elsewhere, he's thought about it for 15 years. But he also said, I, now I've got to go play football, basically. So if I don't answer your interview requests, you know, I appreciate that he was sort of like, I'm doing it. Here I am, but I want to get, but I also need to get back uh, to work. Because the example that sets for young queer people who play sports, let's be honest, football is the top of the Americana sports hierarchy. Um, that's really meaningful. Thinking of like young queer athletes, I'm at, I was picturing yesterday, as I'm wanting to do, high school out athletes being able to buy his jersey. You know, I know, I bet there will be some kid that the way they come out next year is wearing Carl's jersey. 
you know, it will like th that exists for them. And now for kids like me who aren't so interested, uh, the progress of not using queer or gay as a slur in sporting uh, also helps the kids like us that are young, you know, not being in their world. Well, I think uh, another another uh, factor here is, you know, and, and not I'm not saying that they, there are sports that are more masculine than other sports, but the perception of football is this is a very manly sport. And, you know, and, and, and because of that and because, I mean, you know, we grew up in the South where football on Friday nights was, yes. it was as big as church on Sunday mornings. Uh -huh. so, um, it's culturally, I think that for him to do this, it's going to, uh, as as you know, as Harvey Milk said, you got we got to put a face on us, and he did. And I just I I just am so uh, happy and proud of him. As Danielle said, this is huge for youth who feel they have to choose between being themselves and participating in a sport they love. You know, and that every time we get past a first, there never has to be another first again. Uh, you know, as we work toward the day where we are not talking about firsts in any capacity, but it is really really huge. Uh, and really meaningful and watching people that grew up in sports that didn't feel a connection to the rest of us in the community. You know, it's it's all a win. Um, and so yay for that. Win, win, win. Now, I'll be honest, it's not going to make me watch it anymore. I went to all of the football games in high school while I played my French horn in, in the marching band, and I did not learn the rules to football till I got to college. I had no idea what was happening. Just tootling away on my French horn, playing, you know, Mac the Knife and whatever. No idea what first and ten meant. Now, Emerson, do you still have a French horn? Is it in storage somewhere? No, because they're expensive. Well, I don't even know. I didn't even own mine ever. It's in the category of like once you get above a certain, you had to be highfalutin to own your French horn. Those are not cheap. So we rented like by the year. Yeah, yeah, that's what most people did. Like you know, nobody owned the tuba. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -uh. Can you imagine, like, in the closet? Well, I played the tuba back then. A euphonium's much more sensible, the little half size. Yeah, I think some people on the clarinet and the flute and the piccolo. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, and reed instruments, uh, particularly the smaller ones, were more affordable. But I, oh, that was not in our budget, and I did not continue into adult life. I was mediocre at best. Uh, were you? Uh, uh -huh. I was percussion, you know. I did, you know snare drum and did you really i did not know that yeah and tiffany and in, in the march in in the yeah because i could read oh. music a lot and, and and then the triangle like uh, i yeah i did all that shit now did you also play the xylophone because that's the one i can picture you most from the percussion holding four in hand going Doo -doo 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 -doo. no 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 i didn't sometimes oh. i would you know we had we do the symbols too uh -huh, uh -huh. i love the symbols because it you just could get some aggression out <laughs> i know looking back y'all my muscles are tiny as can be and it was 110 in the shade in august in houston texas when we were learning those marching band routines before school started we used to have people pass out oh. of course it counted as our pe credit so that's the real reason i didn't quit band well, that's the reason i was in band in high school i quit for a while and then i went back just so i didn't have to take pe because i got so i was bullied so badly in pe classes oh yeah i mean in middle school when they taught them the rules to football i was with like the 12 boys that went to play kickball with the girls in high school i was like whatever i have to do to not go to that locker room 
I was so relieved when I went to Baylor and I got to take bowling two semesters and uh, roller skating. Oh my God. And I was good at the roller skating. I took roller skating for my PE. I didn't have to take PE. Oh yes, I did. I took ballet. <laughs> In college, wait, because it was when I was like, for musical theater, I should learn like the basics of ballet. So I took beginning ballet on Mondays and Wednesdays and intermediate ballet on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the same time. Oh, so wow. on Mondays, they were like, tendu and back, tendu and back. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they were like, yeah, da, 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 across the floor and split, leave and cry. Well, I took bowling. Uh, and I, I was when you said you went bowling, I thought, you know what? I'm a pretty good bowler. I think I, I who knows with these shoulders anymore. But don't uh, risk it. Don't risk I, it. No, I think after it's all, I'll get my new shoulder in July. I think we need to go bowling. You mean absolutely. I don't do it right. I use my first two fingers instead of the second and third, and it's too late to change. Okay. Okay. So as you, long know. As, you know, I'm, uh, I'm changing. Rob said. I hated PE in school, but I loved showers after class. That was those showers. I felt very uh, watched and. You like how we started at football, ended up at marching band, and then we were in the showers. All right. Um, moving on, another coming out story that's very special to me personally. Y'all know I love the drag race. I watched the Australia finale of Loving España. I can't wait for All Stars to start this weekend. It is one of my great joys. Well, from the drag race community, choreographer, season six, sickening star, so you think you can dance auditioner, dance teacher, activist, Laganja Estranja, last week did a big interview with Entertainment Weekly where she came out as trans. She said, there's so many other women around me who've inspired me to come forward today, and it's because of their fight and their struggle that I'm able to really do this and say that I'm nervous, but I'm not scared. I'm not going to live my life in fear anymore. She talked about presenting as female for the last 10 years in drag, but she said, I do want to be able to express this at all times. I just got my hair cut, a very feminine cut, and in one week already, my life has changed. I'm able to come off stage, take my makeup off, and still see a beautiful woman in the mirror. It's powerful. She said her family was incredibly supportive when she came out to them recently, and so keep her drag name, Laganja Estranja, and her first name, Jay. On Instagram, she said, I want to thank all the trans brothers and sisters that came before me who fought so that my coming out could be joyous. I'm so proud to identify as trans and to be living my truth. Happy Pride. You are beautiful as you are. And that's very special for me because I've actually known Laganja since she was a teenager when we were both living in Dallas doing theater. So long before drag. Um, yeah, so it's really special. I mean, I, you know, just had to have watched her journey through Drag Race, through So You Think You Can Dance, onto a very large stage, um, and to see the celebration was just uh, lovely and made my heart sing and wish her all the best. Oh, I love this. I was not familiar with her because, you know, as you know, I started Drag Race, race a little bit. Yeah. Now I'm getting really concerned because this new Drag Race, this All Stars, is on somewhere else, right? And I it's on Paramount Plus, so I'm gonna have to. Oh, wait, will it be on uh, Wow? No, it's on Paramount Plus only. Only Wow only does the international ones because they're not on an exclusive network deal here in the US. Well, here I go to another streaming service. You could also wait till the end of the season almost and do like the free trial and watch them all and then the finale and then cancel it. Oh, okay. Thank you. Emerson. You know, you can do those seven-day free trials. 
And and the Dell and Emerson show is not sponsored by Paramount Plus, obviously. Uh -huh. Well, look, after recent activities, I don't care what they think of me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we, uh, you know, as a parent, I loved this story because my girls and I grew, I, they grew up on Sesame Street uh, and the gays have moved uh, to Sesame Street with the introduction of a new family, Dave, his husband, Frank, and their daughter, Mia. In the episode called Family Day, Big Bird thinks his granny bird can't make the big celebration uh, celebratory party before he's surprised by his neighborhood family. Alan uh, Miraco, who directed the episode, said, I am so honored and humbled to have co-directed this important and milestone episode, Love is Love, and we are so happy to add this special family to the Sesame family. Happy Pride to all. So lots of good, good, positive things happening during Pride this year. Can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? Okay. Uh, but I am just amazed that the first gay couple on, on Sesame Street is Dave and Frank. Sorry, Bert and Ernie. Sorry, Statler and Waldorf. It is it is these real life gentlemen. So and next week I'm sure we'll have a um, a story about the uh, million Dollar Moms <laughs> upset. <laughs> yes, the Million Dollar Moms. Not one million, not Million Moms, Million Dollar Moms. They're going to yeah, they have they're million dollar. They're not Million Dollar. They're, uh, <laughs> they're just all religious kooks. Uh, uh, those, those, that one lady, that one lady in the office whose name I already forgot, because let's be honest, we don't really care that much. It's just hilarious to make fun of them every single time. Sitting in that bad. office, up mad at Sesame Street. And I just, I always remember, you know, I always remember how many there really are as they tout that million, yes. million moms. Yes. Um, All right. We have reached the halfway house of our show. If you enjoy what we do here and you are sitting on some money that you don't need and don't know what to do with, you can send us a tip for the effort we put into to making the show both informative and entertaining. You can Venmo us at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Colin Shores Productions at gmail.com, all one word. Thank you to Michael Shane, who's already contributed today. We do appreciate it as the world opens up because we're still working just as hard to make this fun. Yeah, and I was the PayPal and just all your beautiful names. So many of you have donated there as well. And we do appreciate it. We really do. Um, we are grateful. We spend it well and wisely. I just ordered a swimsuit today that I did not need. Uh, <laughs> so I would pay for that. <laughs> I got to perform in P-Town. I got to get some new clothes. If, have you? Did you notice that during the pandemic you bought nothing except? I oh mean, yes, I, I know. You're, you're like I don't. Well, I mean, why? It's sort of like you know, manscaping. You just like why? Why bother? Um, Who's it for? There's no yeah. oh. So um. Yeah, it's time so, to get the weed whacker out. You're headed to P-Town. I gotta go shopping, y'all. I gotta get yes. some stage clothes. I can't look like a pauper. Um, also, I told y'all I bought. I went to Target and bought me new five new ten dollars shirts. You'd need to get yourself a little something to stroll the street in P-Town. As Jinx Monsoon said to me and Blake when we were there with a very sordid wedding, it's like Diagon Alley for queers. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I, I, I worked on my show today, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. Well, and if people want to get tickets to your show, where do they go? Uh, Delshores.com. Just go to yeah. Delshores.com. The poster is there. You press the poster. It takes you right to the website. 
Uh, they're $39. Um, I'm worth it, I hope. That's um, right. If y'all are anywhere near, make a trip up. Be spontaneous. Come up for a night from the surrounding environs. Yes, and Debbie Holiday's doing four shows. I'm doing four shows at the Post Office Cabaret and Cafe. And we are going to have the best time opening for each other as well. So we'll. I, I'm really doing kind of eight shows, but just like five minutes to say, y'all, I got a story to tell you. Um, uh, I love it. All right. This next story comes to us out of Delray Beach, Florida, because of course it does. A dumbass was caught on video doing burnouts to damage the rainbow crosswalk there to celebrate Trump's birthday. Now, I'm going to pause for a second and show you all this video. Look at this moron. Here he goes. Just burning rubber. Like, how childish are you? Also, to celebrate Trump's birthday, really? So, I mean, not funny. The not funny part, it did do significant damage. It cost them $16,000 to put it in in the first place. Well, Alexander Jarek turned himself in and is charged with criminal mischief over $1,000, reckless driving charged with evidence of prejudice, and he could face penalties under the new law they, they Ron DeSantis and the Republicans passed, the Combating Public Disorder Law. Now, y'all, they passed that to get mad at the Black Lives Matter protests, and now it might be used against one of their own being a bigot through the crosswalk. Bless his bigoted heart. You know, I, if he if he'd been a little more skillful, he could have written "Happy Birthday, Trump" with that little. You know, he at least could have tried. Uh, I'd have been I'd have been more impressed with his vandalism if he had done that. But right, he did not think that shit through. No, he just like this is like just skidded, just skidded. Just, just like a that. skid mark on the underwear of humanity. Yes. So, all right. Well, out 21 year old uh, Shikari Richardson became the youngest qualifying track and field athlete so far for the U.S. Uh, this weekend, winning the 100 meter dash. Oh, look at it. Her, she's just fabulous. She hasn't talked much about her personal life in press, but she did say before the race, my girlfriend actually picked my hair color. Uh, she said it like spoke to her, the fact that it was just so loud and vibrant and that's who I am. She also revealed her mother passed away a week before and she was with her grandmother. She also added, I just want the world to know that I'm that girl. Uh, she hopes to be the first American to win the 100 since Gail uh, Devers in uh, 96. All the way back in Atlanta. And uh, I read that she, it was the sixth fastest time ever at a like official race. So she really has a good shot. And there's this beautiful video of her hugging her grandmother who was there and thinking of the complicated emotions of like this exciting moment in her life and just losing her mother who surely wanted to watch. So a member of our community, we will be cheering on in Tokyo this summer. It's just like, I am always so impressed because anytime that I have had a loss like that, I don't know that I could do, you know, it, it's, I, I think about Jennifer Hudson performing at the Kennedy Center like two days after her whole family was murdered. Vanessa Hudgens performing Grease Live the day after her father died. Like. It's it's almost like you just have to shut it all out. Just shut it all out for a second. But uh, anyway, that uh, 
good for her. Yes, Shikari. And then you go, okay, maybe she ran for her mom. You know, she goes, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. And so there was a, that jolt of inspiration as well. Yeah. She's pretty badass. I love it. Uh, do y'all know who Colton Haynes is? It's one of I the uh, mid-range 20s, maybe getting close to 30 homosexuals. Uh, he was the star of MTV's Teen Wolf, Arrow on the CW, and he was not out when he first worked on Teen Wolf. Now, during that time, there was a photo of him from XY Magazine. It doesn't exist no more. It's not there no more. Um, <laughs> it was a magazine focused on young gay readers, and this photo of him in a very gay-looking pose and connection appeared on Tumblr and other internet sites. However, it was constantly pulled down from various places. And I remember back then seeing it on like some of the like smaller gay blogs and people talking about them getting orders to like remove it from the internet. Um, so in January, 2016, a fan posted it again on Tumblr and said, when I found out Colton Haynes had a secret gay past, I got so excited, even though I know it makes absolutely no difference in my life. Well, at the time he wrote on his personal Tumblr, was it a secret? Let's all just enjoy life and have no regrets. So a long way into his Teen Wolf journey. Then he officially came out in May, 2016. Now, just this week, he posted the photo on Instagram. Uh, we'll show it to you here. There it is. So this photo on the left went round and round, but would disappear from the internet. And it kind of seemed like somebody big was helping remove it. And he posted about it and said, I've never posted this picture before. In fact, I spent a big part of my career trying to erase it from the internet while I was still in the closet. Partly because so many people in Hollywood told me I would never work as an openly gay actor, but part of it was because I was incredibly ashamed. It made me sad to see those pictures I had taken as a teenage model before I was placed with voice and movement coaches to straighten me up for the cameras before I learned to see my queerness as a liability. I was jealous of him. The boy in those pictures was so open, so free. He had to be taught that it wasn't okay to be who he was. Being gay is worth celebrating. I wish I'd figured that out sooner, but I'm so glad I know it now. To everyone in the LGBTQIA plus community, I hope you celebrate yourselves this month and always exactly as you are. And I just loved that. I thought it spoke so much to like him acknowledging a part of his journey that's been known to the gay blogs that like that photo existed, it would appear, it would they would be forced to take it down. And for him to really explain what he saw when he looked at that photo and hearing that he was actually put through like voice and movement classes to butch it up in order to succeed, you know, is really painful and lovely that he's sharing that so openly now. Right. Yeah. Well, how many of us did record our voices? I certainly did when I was a kid and someone said, you talk like a girl. And I started recording my voice and working on it. And, you know, um, it's, it's a sad thing that we uh, have to do or we think we have to do something to, uh, to be a part of, of a group or whatever. So, yeah. Um, well, and how many of us were horrified to answer the phone as teenagers? Cause someone was going to say, ma'am. Yes. I got ma'amed a lot. Of course I got ma'amed a lot when I had my long hair too. So from behind, when I had my Jesus hair, I got ma'amed often. I, I sometimes uh, would answer the phone when I, you know, it's, it's right before your voice changes too. And yeah. go, Lorraine. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. is, this, 
<laughs> no, this is Dalford. Um, I got so many. Is this Dalford. Mrs. Collins? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's uh, not. No, it's not. All right. Uh, uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, what do you think is the state where it would be worse to be an LGBTQ person. So put it in the chat room. Oh, yeah. Have yes. your answer. What's the worst and state? I will tell you the worst state at the end of this uh, little uh, news article. A research team at Safe Home used data from the FBI and uh, the UCLA School of Law, the U.S. Census, and more to rank every U.S. state on safety for uh, its LGBTQ plus uh, residents. They looked at rights, uh, level of hate crime, support for queer families, protections uh, for employees, and accommodations for the community. Okay, number one and number two, California and Vermont, uh, safest states, uh, perfect score. However, despite great protections for their LGBTQ uh, plus residents, both have seen a higher rate of hate crime than the national average. The rest of the top 10 states are Maryland, Washington, Illinois, Oregon, Massachusetts, New York, and Rhode Island. Okay. So All right. Here's the guesses. We have Kentucky, Oklahoma, Alaska, Kentucky, Texas, with a question mark, Arkansas, Alabama, West Virginia, maybe a Dakota, maybe Florida, Danielle said, worst I lived in is North Carolina, but I'd guess Alabama overall, Texas, Mississippi. One person got closest. Yes, one person got closest. It was North Dakota. I was saying it down. Maybe in Dakota. Yeah, I was very surprised at that. Uh, interesting note, uh, states with higher LGBTQ populations had higher than average rates of high hate crime, even in states where... Uh, that, that were high in workplace health care and community. So um, I thought that was really interesting that sometimes the size of our population and our visibility means that the hate crimes are higher, even in places where we're very well protected legally. Yeah. Well, here's the chart for those of you wondering. So the top 10, as he said, California, Vermont, Maryland, Washington, Illinois, Oregon, Massachusetts, New York, Rhode Island, Colorado. Now, all of y'all's guesses, Kentucky, Mississippi, uh, are, are, we're over in the bottom third for sure, but Texas was in the middle third with Alaska, um, Arkansas right in the center at 26. So it's interesting. Obviously, everyone's personal experience is uh, different than this list, anecdotally, uh, but it talks very specifically about where at least we are protected in uh, our healthcare, in our rights, in our opportunities. Um, so I just thought it was sort of fascinating that it wasn't quite what we'd expect. It's interesting that quotas are all glad. Well, it's basically, because I read a little more later, it's basically because the Dakotas, there's just no protection. So that was a big piece of this. It's like, we don't have enough of y'all to worry about, seems to be their state house. And of course, Christy Gnome's up there doing her nonsense. North Dakota just passed something else yesterday I'll probably have on the show on Friday. So. The Dakotas may be small, but they got plenty of bigotry. Also, why is there two? There's not enough people. They should just be one. It should just go back to being Dakota. Is it, which which state is it that uh, some of those bigots in Portland want to go over to? Is it? Oh, isn't it Idaho? They want to. They want to make the all white people. Yes, it's Idaho. 
where they want to make the all white people commune, whatever. Yeah, they, there's like these five bigoted counties that yeah. they want to uh, go. No, we don't want to be part of a liberal port. I mean, Oregon, not Portland, uh, Oregon anymore. We want we want to cross over to the bigots. Well, when we, you remember when we were up there, when we went to Corvallis and when we've been to Portland, people yeah. talk about that there's a significant amount of racism and bigotry in the rural parts of Oregon and Washington that are not reflected in the perception we have of like Portland and Seattle. Uh, that's very similar to like some places in the South where you have like a liberal part of one of the big cities and rural is still uh, very, very conservative. That was surprising to me. I wouldn't, I wasn't aware of that. Well, now you are. Now I am. All right, moving on. A fun, big pride display comes to us out of Chicago. Nicholas Vasquez and Jesse Campbell wanted to do something to mark Pride Month for their 16-month-year-old son, Rocco. Well, Campbell's an interior designer, and he heard a quote, don't be afraid to show off your two true colors, and it reminded him of a paintbrush full of colors. Y'all, I mean, I like to think of myself as getting into the holiday spirit, but these gentlemen went above and beyond and then some. Take a look at this display they built. Uh, he made a giant styrofoam paintbrush, placed it above their porch, hung fabric strips in the colors of the rainbow all the way down to the ground, painted their porch steps in rainbows and added the words of the quote. I mean, look at that. That is stunning and a lot of effort. Like that's a big piece. But now that it's been up, they said they can hear inside the house people talking outside. Vasquez said, kids are kids and they start asking questions. I can hear them and the parents are taking the time and explaining pride to them and what this means and the colors and how this makes people feel. Well, it's become so huge and so popular and such a destination. They started a fundraiser for the Prepper Project with all of the attention. Look at these sweet men and little Rocco. I just love that. And it kind of, it goes over a, um, looks like it goes over a sidewalk. Oh well. yeah, it goes all the way to the sidewalk and it's actually cute. I didn't, couldn't fit it in the picture. Uh, it, it makes little paint drips at the very end. I mean, it is artistic. It's, that is so great. That, Somebody had some time on their hands. I'm doing good if I can get a rainbow crop top and march out to the parade. I know. I just put some bandanas on all three of the little bitches. And that's, I'm, I said, there's my pride. Caroline's Etsy store. People are making yeah, well, they, are, they are getting so much attention in West Hollywood. Let me tell you. To advertisements. I want Carrie to make all the money off that Etsy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, all right. Well, we, we, we have, uh, you know, uh, Tony Perkins. Back in the news, that big old bigot at the Family Research Council on his Pray, Vote, Stand webcast did a whole segment on surviving the rainbow onslaught. He said the world is upside down when American pride is something we should apologize for, but sexual perversion is the stuff of parades. You can't turn on the television shop for cereal or scroll through Facebook without being hit over the head with LGBT pride. Thanks to woke corporate America and the most radical administration in the history, there's no escape in the left's fourth sexual revolution. He said pride month now rivals Christmas. I okay, just, pause for a yeah. second. 
Yes, yes. Absolutely. Y'all, I know, you know, I love me some Christmas. Christmas is a sport at my house, but that he thinks pride is rivaling Christmas. Y'all, we are doing well. And, 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 and I just like say, yes, amen, amen. He goes, he also said, they demand validation, affirmation, yes. celebration. Yes. yes. Pride is the new religion. Amen, y'all. Can I get an amen? All God's people said amen. Bow a knee, well, or two, uh, to their sexual gods or face the left's fiery, fiery furnace. <laughs> He's not wrong, okay, y'all? Okay, right, hold on. Before you get to that next piece, I love everything about, they demand validation, affirmation, celebration. Correct. I do. He had to think those through, though. He had to think about what rhymes with OID. Well, also, just the name of that broadcast, Pray, Vote, Stand. Like, he's trying to eat, pray, love, but that's just not great. Pray, vote, stand. <laughs> Can I pray, vote, sit? I, mean, like it, it, I, I have tried so hard to get blocked by that motherfucker. <laughs> I never can. He will not Twitter block me. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's not wrong, y'all, because even Cracker Barrel, even Cracker Barrel posted rainbow chairs and said a Cracker Barrel dining room is a place where people of all ages, races, genders, ethnicities, walks of life, political preferences, and sexual orientations can come together and feel at home. And they have come a long way from 1991 when they fired Cheryl Somerville and just flat out said they fired you, but they were firing you because you are gay so i i love that i mean cracker barrel has i i remember when i was knoxville pride grand marshal that bigot preacher was like telling everybody to meet in the parking lot at cracker barrel and cracker barrel said oh no no don't you dare come here yes and so they had to go like to the baptist church or something to meet yes um, and also, I mean, he's right to be worried. You've lost the Cracker Barrel, one of the staples of Southern conservative life. But I got to be honest, gosh, that place is good. And that gift shop fascinates me. I was, you know, when I finally, when they finally got politically right and I was able to go and just have a chicken fried steak at the Cracker Barrel with those yes. butter full of butter, mashed potatoes, uh -huh. and white gravy. That gravy you feel can just go in straight to your arteries. Biscuits. Oh, uh -huh. my God. I am hungry right now. Yes, I know. I love it. Wait, some people had some better names for his broadcast. Pray, vote, twerk. Said. <laughs> John said, pray, vote, shit. Uh-huh. That's been my life lately. Eat, tweet, shit. That's, about, that's what we did for the pandemic. Pray, vote, shut the fuck up. How's that? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That'll work. I just love it. I love it. I love that he's upset. I love that all of him, all I of those things are upset. And he's saying all the reasons that we are succeeding. That he, he's like, yeah, he's got, he, he, he's enlightened, y'all. He is enlightened. Uh -huh. I think he's been reading Instinct Magazine or something. Rivals um, Christmas. Oh, oh, Rivals boy. Christmas. We've got, because, well, because of the decor. Because uh, yes, I mean, yes. He saw that paintbrush and I know. rivals Christmas. That's better than a Christmas tree. They're never going to get that rainbow back. I'm so sorry. Noah is not around to complain. As Arthur said, pray votes suck. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Support that. Um, 
I was going to say something else, but I forgot it. Moving on, I just want to give you a little international updates from our community around the world. You may have seen, because it did make our news bigger than they do sometimes, Hungary just passed a ban on homosexual propaganda, very similar to that one in Russia that says basically anything about us is not uh, is dangerous to children and must be adult only. And TV programs, ads, and schools from talking about gay people. And only organizations registered on a government list can conduct sex education in schools. I'd imagine it's one of those abstinence only type situations we used to have so many places here. And then out of Uzbekistan, we don't often get stories. We've done Chechnya and some, but former Soviet uh, countries. Well, the leader of the National Revival Party there recently did an interview and said the public will never change its mind on LGBT rights, even after a thousand years. He's convinced that's almost uh, one of those Scientology contracts. It is it's still illegal there to be gay. They don't arrest people as often, but queer people are targeted for various other things. And his idea was that they should strip queer people of their citizenship and deport them because it would be a more empathetic approach than imprisoning them. So we don't want you here, so we should just make you not our citizens, send you to those places that are happy to have you. Have you. And then he said he got 100 LGBT people who got in touch with him agreeing, but that they can't get visas from the countries where it's okay. So we're not going to welcome you, not going to treat you okay here, going to keep it illegal, uh, and we will kick you out, and that's better than prison, which I guess. Well, so what are they agreeing to, that it's better to be shipped off than to go to jail? I would agree to that too. Right, or that their lives are so difficult and so dangerous there that if they could get out of the country, they would. You know, Rainbow Railroad and very, like, obviously there are many members of our communities in many countries that if they could leave where they are to a place where it is safer, they certainly would want to. Um, Zana just said, the wife and I tried to go to a gay bar in Budapest. They were handing out towels to the men entering it and told us no way. We flashed her Canadian ID and they said, we don't care if you're Hillary Clinton. Oh, so like they weren't welcoming CNN women CNN in the bars. The CNN ID. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, it's interesting. When I was in Hungary on my big backpacking trip uh, after we did Sort of Lives the series, uh, I did go to gay bars there, and I also went to a bathhouse there. So there was a not super small LGBTQ community, but we've seen a lot in Southeastern Europe and Western Europe uh, of it swinging back a more conservative direction. But good news out of India. In Tamil Nuda, a high court judge ruled for a lesbian couple saying police should stop harassing them and others when parents report them missing. Now to explain, what happens is they're in a lesbian relationship and their parents report them missing so the police will go get them and bring them back home from their relationship. The judge said they have to stop doing that and he added so much more. He wanted changes to homeless shelters for trans people. Conversion therapy practitioners will have their license revoked. He said healthcare professionals should offer support for LGBT people facing stigma and discrimination. He said schools and universities need to educate students on understanding our community and said educational bodies should allow trans youth to change their name and gender marker on academic records. And he called for awareness programs about us for government staff. I don't know what got into this judge, but he had learned some things and done some research and said, we got to change it all. Yeah. It was like, okay, I, I'm not just going to do this one thing. Let's just, here's the list. Literally said, and then, and then, and then. So amazing.
So uh, this is a really interesting story to me. So such a... It's a caper. uh, What? It's a caper. It's like a Lifetime movie. Yes, it is. So so for five years, five years, Lee Michael uh, McLean uh, McLean and Brian uh, Fursey have received dozens of magazine subscriptions with homophobic names on them. The police can't help because the sender does not use a credit card. Uh, after the pandemic, he signed them up for the Boston Globe, but they already had a subscription. The paper sent them the order request made under the name Michelle Fruitsy. Um, and it was <laughs> like, it's hilarious and so lazy. <laughs> Michelle Fruitsy. Michelle Fruitsy. And it was handwritten. McLean posted the card on a neighborhood website saying, the joke's on them. What gay doesn't want free issues of Vogue and Cosmopolitan? Uh, the neighbors started the hashtag, I am Michelle Fruitsy. And <laughs> I'm just seeing the whole neighborhood doing Spartacus. I am Michelle Fruitsy. I am Michelle Fruitsy. I am Michelle Fruitsy. And, and one got the town election records and went through them all to match the handwriting and they found the motherfucker. <laughs> they, they, went I, to, they got him. So I need to know about her. Cause you know, she, I mean, the one who said she had freedom of information act. I got the town records and I am rolling through the voter rolls. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's a lot. Also, it means this person is a voter. That's right. So when detectives questioned him, he confessed and he, uh, lived two doors down from these guys. He always waved. He made casual conversation, and he uh, served with the couple at town meeting uh, as town meeting uh, members. He, uh, they said, he told the officer that he was motivated by our outspokenness and our opinions about Milton, and this is Milton, Massachusetts politics and Milton's future. I have some doubts about that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're now selling T-shirts with the uh, hashtag uh, to endow a scholarship for queer students, and they've raised $12,000. I just love it how everybody's turning some negatives into positives. So. I mean, it is a full Delsford Housewives episode. Like This is like Mrs. McCluskey getting the voter rolls, matching the signatures, marching down the street, and you just see, like, I can see it. The policeman knocking on his door being like, this man, yeah, well... And it's your neighbor. I just hear that voiceover from Ari Alice. And he, all those years, he waved and he was friendly and we served on the town council meeting. And you just don't know what bigotry lurks beneath the surface. Michelle Fruitsy. Well, it, what's really interesting is how much he's spent. I mean, Zana is saying that the Boston Globe is $1,000 a year. So all of those subscriptions are not cheap. That yeah. Sign them up for just to be an asshole. I'm just surprising to me when your bigotry starts costing you money, you think you would quit. Like, stop. Put that money toward, you know, isn't there a white supremacist you could give that money to rather than like harassing your neighbors? Your gays. Like a new Karen movie that the trailer just came out for. Lord. Yeah. Do you see that? What, what was it? Karen, the movie starring Taryn Manning. Oh, I bet it's great. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a sad Lifetime. You know, I love Lifetime movies. I'm going to stop using that as an insult. But it looks like a sad movie of the week, like trying to be Jordan Peele, but Taryn Manning in a Karen wig. You know, she went full QAnon during the 
during the COVID. So Taryn did. Yes. That's awkward. Yeah, that was. Well, I, I want to think that you're acting, ma'am. Anyway, I got sidetracked, but I enjoyed it. Hashtag I am Michelle Fruitsy. Aren't we all? I am. I am. Please sign me up. Sign me up for any magazines. Um, yes, everybody raising money. I love everybody using their causes. Like you said, we painted a house. People are looking at it. Raise money for the Trevor Project. This homophobe's harassing us. But Lord, who knew homophobic handwriting was a thing? That's crazy. That's crazy. I just love the detective work that went into that. I just I know that neighbor. I love it. You know, she is real popular at the picnics and the, the cul-de-sac parties now. She's like, oh, you know, it just took me a an hour seven. That like that woman that I um that 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 when I was doing the volunteer work for uh Mike Espy and she came in and she's like she's oh y'all let's do this let's do this let's win let's win let's win I brought snickerdoodles here now who are you uh -huh. I said who are you and I said oh I'm the gay guy from California she goes oh snickerdoodle <laughs> I don't know what else to say but my mama raised me right snickerdoodle I'm, I'm a liberal I'm a liberal white woman in Mississippi we all I'm a, I might be a little uncomfortable at times but I am liberal liberal and learning liberal and learning yeah <laughs> I'm listening I'm hey, listening honey me too Lord as I have started saying I'm not trying to be perfect I'm just trying to be better well, we have come to the end of our show. We are glad to be back. We will be back on Friday with another show this week. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Once again, if you want to send us a tip, you can do that, please. Thank you. On Venmo to at Emerson Collins and on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. And to those of you listening to the podcast later on, those, that email and that Venmo works just as well when you're driving 24 around. 7. 24 7, it works. Not worrying. And I split it with Delford, I do, I swear. Thank you, Emerson. I love those, I love those little, that cha-ching sound when it comes oh, in. It's so exciting. And now I do it right after the show. And then again, okay. thank y'all for joining us. Please share the broadcast. Those of you who can't tip, we understand what you can always do when the broadcast ends. Share it. If you're listening to the podcast, tell a friend about this fun little super gay show that you listen to. We'd appreciate it. We will see you on Friday. Yes. Bye, y'all.